This is the Comedy Kiosk podcast by Monday and Munoz. Please welcome Monday and Munoz. Welcome to the Comedy Kiosk, a podcast in which we discuss news, facts, ideas, and opinions. No, we discuss news, opinions, facts, and ideas. And that is Eagle Monday. And this is David Munoz. <laughs> All right. And uh, welcome to today's little special edition. It is actually on the road. We are right now in Rizan, which is a town outside of Moscow, doing uh, finishing off a little weekend tour. So, yeah, this is, uh, I think, around 10th time we are here. I remember... For you, maybe. No, no, in general. The oh, you mean as in for the show? Yeah, yeah. For the 10th t- time we came here with an English-speaking stand-up show. Uh, first time was exactly three years ago, February 2018. Oof. So we did resign. And yep. then at some point, we also added Varonezh, where we were the day before. Yep. So we usually do this kind of small weekend trip tours with two cities, Varonezh and Rizan, kind of south of Moscow. Uh, now we are adding two more. So the other guys, the other kind of team of, of comics is going to Vologda and Yaroslavl. Where the hell are those? It's north. It's kind of the same distance, but yeah. north. So oh, okay. um, Going towards St. Petersburg sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. A little bit kind of northeast, so slightly <laughs> other direction. But yeah, and this is something that we talked about when we talked about like building a scene, building a circuit, mm. that we're trying to expand into other cities and bring English stand-up comedy to other cities of Russia uh, rather than just stay in Moscow. Mm-hmm. So obviously, like in St. Petersburg, it's kind of easier. There are real clubs. They have even a festival of comedy and so on. Mm-hmm. We started with Kazan as well, which is another, let's say, big city. Yeah. But these kind of smaller cities are always interesting. And this is where we started. Like, I think Rizan, yeah, Rizan was the first yeah. city after Moscow where we had English stand-up in Russia. So yeah. now, as I said, in Rizan, it's been, I think, maybe 10th time, and in Varonezh, 7th time. Yeah. So it's like a thing. Every two, three months, we gather a different group of comics, different lineup, and we go for the weekend, usually Saturday, Sunday, to do like a, a special like showcase show with our resident comics from Moscow. So, David, you've been on the first one in Rizan, very I first the one. one. I think you went uh, with us on the first one in Rizan. Oh, right. It was February 2018. Okay. And I think you went with us on the first one to Varonezh. Yeah, definitely. Which was yes. December right. 2018. Yeah. Right? And now you've done both cities back to back again. Have, do you feel something changed? Is, is the, like from the first to the seventh or tenth time, what can you see the difference? Well, they're all during winter, so not much difference in the temperatures and weather there. Oh, uh, right. We were there <laughs> February, then December, and now it's February yeah. again. Yeah, so that that's we got to come in summer, dude. Uh, it's freezing. Um, no, well, for me, what well, the the main difference uh, for me is the fact that the people who come back to the shows, you know, you you kind of pointed out, like the Veronish one, it's like people who kind of maybe have seen other previous ones, things like that. So you can see they're a bit more comfortable with it, I think, as well. I think the first time we went to Veronish, the, they were a little bit more like, oh, stand up, like it was like, oh, that's weird. But now they're a bit more into it sort of thing. But it's interesting because you can see the crowd. You see people who are very comfortable. And you see people who are a little bit like, what's going on? What is this exactly? So that's kind of cool. Yeah, so that's that's the difference there. Rizan, well, each time I've come here, it's a different venue. <laughs> so uh, the first one was brilliant. The second one was a bit, eh, and the third one now is brilliant again. So it's like, okay, cool. So 
it's very interesting that like the different venues, but I think that also comes down to how things are organized in the place and things like that. Let's, let's talk about the venue and organization in a bit. I wanted to come back to the fact of like consistency, mm. right? Because the first time we came here in Voronezh, actually Voronezh is very famous for producing many good Russian comics, like many kind of mm. nowadays famous and experienced comics come from Voronezh originally, yeah. but there was no English, there is no comedy club and there was no English scene whatsoever. Yeah. So the first show that was organized for us was by just a, an enthusiast who really likes stand-up and he likes to try stand-up. He came to Moscow yeah. once to try stand-up in English. We met him and he offered to organize a show for us in Voronezh, but he runs like a, like an English speaking club and some other events in English and so on. So this is his primary let's say work and target audience so yeah. i think that audience that was on the first show there were just people who like english like to speak english meet foreigners and so on yeah um while in resign even on the first show like they have stand-up uh, not very often but i think like two three times a month they would have stand-up in english mm -hmm. and some people uh, sorry in russian and some people who speak english also came to our show then through our to their like channels of promotion and stuff yeah so i mean they kind of knew what the format is yeah so this is the this is the difference but regarding the venue okay so let's uh, <laughs> let's break it down for the for the listeners so in Varonyash, as I said, it's used usually for like speaking clubs, some kind of board games, meetings, language exchange, and these kind of things. It looks like community center to me. It's like a nice little community center, yeah, a little yeah. hall where everyone can sit around and just discuss. And I could almost picture that room being used for like a town meeting or something. Yeah, basically, it's kind of, let's say, office space or something like this yeah. that is rented out for the purpose of these events. But the idea of these events is it's not a bar, right? No. It's not a club. It's a, it's where you come in the afternoon, drink some tea, meet some people, and learn some English or something like this. The, the, the communal fridge is right in front of the front door. Yeah. <laughs> it's not even like tucked away into a kitchen or something. It's right there at the front for easy access, you know? Yeah, exactly. So when, when we do stand-up there, Nick, the organizer, great guy that helps us with, yeah. with all of this and brings us to Varonish, basically, he tries to make it as stand-up-y as possible. Yeah, yeah. Like the chairs go in the kind of... Uh, how, rows. Go, yeah, rows, rows right? The, other. The, the lights go towards the stage area. There is yeah. no stage, but there is stage performance area, yeah. right? We get the mic and the speaker and so on. The other lights get, the other lights get dimmed, but it's still just a room in which people sit. There yeah. is no bar. There are no drinks. There is no stage. There is no spotlight. Yeah. There is no DJ that plays the music. No intros, no outros as such, except for what we make for ourselves. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then in Resign, especially now, maybe a mm. few weeks ago, they opened an actual stand-up club here, yeah. which has a stage, spotlight, DJ, drinks, dark room, all these kind of things that uh, a proper stand-up venue, performance venue should have. And yeah. how do you feel this effect? Because in Moscow, we performed in so many different places, but now we also have a club where yeah. we have a system of, you know, like introduction, announcement, lights, waiters, uh, everything like drinks, food. So what do you think? How does this uh, reflect on the audience and on the show quality? Crowd number one is a lot more sober. 
Uh, <laughs> big difference number one. Uh, do you think it's do you think it's uh, crucial? Not crucial, but is it a factor in making people laugh? At least making people relax. relax. It's just about relax. It's just I mean, and again, if they don't drink, fine. If someone smokes, you know, the devil's weed before coming to a show, that'll also have the same effect. You know, what I mean, probably even more so. <laughs> um, it's just whatever makes you relax. If someone just had sex before they came to the show and that chills them out, then they're going to be much more receptive to, to laughing. It's, but of course, you know, alcohol has always been the social lubricant. So what you're such. saying, you'd rather have someone masturbate in the crowd than drink tea? Uh, unless tea is what may really makes them relax. And if, right. if it needs both of them, then please do both. Don't skimp. Yeah, so I think the difference is it can have, yeah, it just affects the atmosphere. Because, you know, you, you're in fold-out chairs, you're, you know, a bit cramped or you sort of sort of thing. It's going to affect how comfortable you feel and how much you can relax. Eventually, you can get there. And I think that even when you perform to those sorts of crowds, they do chill, they relax, and eventually they laugh. But it takes a little bit longer. And I think it's you can notice the difference more. Well, on the other hand, if you're in a bar where everyone's more close to relax at the beginning, it's less effort to get them there. And they're more primed um, from the beginning. So I think it's just about setting the tone. It's setting the atmosphere. It's like, you know, when you're joking about being romantic or whatever, you know, it's better than like going up to someone and going, all right, so let's have sex. Yes. All right. Well, you know, let's use lube and stuff like that. But on the other hand, you kind of set candles, you do, do, do. And then you bring in all the other stuff. Like it, it builds. Obviously, well, it's going to be a lot I, easier and smoother. About, the transition will be smoother. Yeah, I don't know about lube and candles, but <laughs> yeah. I would say that if you're trying to romanticize someone, right? If if it's kind of night and seduce. there is seduce someone, yeah. <laughs> if it's like night, I mean, it's dark. Yeah. You dim the lights. Hmm. You play some like kind of. R&B or something like some yeah. sexy smooth music and there is some maybe candle or I don't know some other like background light or yeah, something and like that. And you pre-pop some... your pimples and all the shit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So this is like easier to relax especially because people are always a bit like self-conscious afraid yeah. you know like in yeah. the dark when and then, and then if it's like middle of the day sunny just like a sterile white room in a bed in the middle of course yeah. people would be so I think this is also when you come when you talk about stand-up because yeah first of all definitely drink sap help people relax i think yeah. maybe not even directly but like subconscious so you're like okay yeah. i'm having my even beer. a tea yeah i'm having my beer i'm sitting comfortably in my chair let's do this let's yeah. make me laugh and we had shows i remember one show we did uh for it was like a let's say corporate show mm. and it was at two in the afternoon in june uh in an anti-cafe which is just a place without like tea. you can get tea and coffee but no like alcoholic drinks or anything yeah. so during the afternoon in june it was like 35 degrees super sunny and warm uh so people didn't like dress you know sometimes for the shows in the evening people dress up a bit because mm. they go it's friday night or saturday night they go somewhere afterwards etc no it was just people in shorts and flip-flops <laughs> again no stage super yeah. bright everything and we're doing this and you know some jokes like some kind of family friendly ha 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 jokes can work but try anything a bit like dark or blue or whatever mm -hmm. like it just feels wrong telling people about like i don't know some kind of uncle that touched you in a very well lit <laughs> room in the middle of the day in summer you know like it just it's yeah. not it's the wrong context for that yeah. so it's way too happy to be talking about inappropriate touching well i mean as a joke obviously like i mean yeah. any kind of attempt at the dark humor i don't know like try necrophilia yeah. in the middle of the day don't yeah. try necrophilia ever i mean a joke about necrophilia especially not in the middle of the day not everyone the can see you. Yeah. i mean come on a little privacy yeah, yeah. keep it to yourself so dim the lights, put some cat <laughs> lube, as David suggested. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I think this is a thing. And uh, I would say that factors are drinks, yeah, 
lights, mm-hmm. I guess. So the audience should be kind of in the dark, not mm-hmm. pitch black, but dark. But, you know, and also people get more comfortable when you can't see them because if they know that you can see them all the time, they're like, mm-hmm. should I laugh now? Should I laugh now? What if I check my phone? What if I turn around? He's going to see. Is he looking at me or is he looking at someone else? Like yeah. when you're in the dark, in the background. And that, I think that's, that's, that's what works. Like they are the background, you are the show. So spotlight on you, stage, yeah. all these things. So keeping this in mind so Varonish, it's just a room mm. that is try it is made to be good for stand up as much as it's possible, possible. Yeah. but at the end of the day it's just a room with some chairs yeah. and now in resign it's a stand up club yeah so did you see any difference in how audience behaved connected to these factors do you think uh, yeah yeah no i i, I did um for example, what I noticed before at the beginning of the show, there was like a group of women uh, in the Rizan show towards the back. Um, I think most of them were English teachers or something like that. But they were much more into the naughtier humor. Uh, they were like giggling to each other sort of thing, like, you know, doing the Because they were able to sit around the table a bit more, I think. It had like the table in between. If someone said something, I noticed like one of them might turn around and look at the girl and be like, oh, yeah, oh, my God, oh, my God. This yeah. is so you. Yeah, exactly. That look. So, and that thing. So, hence it kind of forms that you could just tell I was just chill. It was girls' night out for them, you know, and they were having a great time. Well, on the other hand, when you're in Rizan and, of course, all the bros, sort of, it's more like a theater. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's more like, okay, keep quiet. And when they do talk to each other, it's almost actually inter- kind of interrupts you more because you could see it better. You know, someone talks to someone. I remember you had like two guys talking to your left or something like that. Uh, I had one guy mention a comment and right there, and it just killed me right in the middle of that like bit. And I had to like, and I was like mentioning three different things and I got to number two. Then he said something and it's like, ah, do I have to start from the beginning again? Like, mm, and I do a quick rehash. And I think something similarish happened last night, but yeah, I think it doesn't the, interrupt this, as much. Well, it seems a bit more part of it. Yeah, when you're on stage and the spotlight is on you, obviously the focus is on you, attention yeah. is on you. So if someone makes the noise in the room, people don't even turn around because they're like, I know where I should be looking. Yeah. But when you're all kind of the same, without the stage, without the spotlight, without like dim lights, so even someone else makes a noise in the room, yeah. now they are the center of attention because yeah. everyone is like, oh, what's happening there? But when we did, for example, some other, not these like weekend tours, but longer tours around Europe and so on, we also did many different venues from like actual stand-up clubs to these kind of things. Last year, uh, we did a show in Helsinki, mm. which is like a back room of a bar. It's a 50 people room. Well, we somehow squeezed 50 people in there, mm-hmm. but also in like rows of chairs. Yeah. So there was no bar in that room. It was no tables, no nothing, just rows of chairs, no stage as well, just a microphone, mm-hmm. uh, rows of chairs. But it worked really well because it's a really small room. Mm-hmm. And then it becomes Crazy. like, yeah, yeah, in like 10, 15 minutes, all the people in the room become like like one, like they are just audience. They're not like individuals in the room. They are audience. So they get like, you know. You make like, them sound like a gelatinous blob, like they all yeah. just meld into each other. And, yeah, to, to you as a performer, they actually do. And to them, as a, because then it's you, one share person. share the hive mind. Yeah, trying to make the audience laugh, not mm. this person A and person B and person C. The audience. Yeah. And the la- laughter is contagious. So yeah. someone starts laughing, it's if you're sitting right next to them, you pick it up. This kind of feeling of, yeah, let's have fun, let's enjoy ourselves and so on. It's also yeah. contagious. If someone relaxes, uh, someone from the audience like adds something funny, a comedian cracks a joke, people are like, oh, shit, let's have fun together. So yeah, it feels it like becomes, a TED talk. Yeah, yeah, it becomes like this kind of like a unit of, mm. of people, not not just individuals. So, mm. yeah, I think this all these things factor in and, and kind of... Di- 
but it also depends with because the thing in in Voronezh every time we go it's Saturday. Yeah. So after the show, then we usually gather those people. Like people come to us, want to meet, want to chat. So we gather together and mm-hmm. go somewhere out, go for a drink, go for dinner, hang out with these people much more. Yeah. In Rizan, it's usually Sunday. So after the show, people just go home because tomorrow is a work day. Yeah. So even they kind of have some drinks and 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 enjoy themselves on the show, right? Mm-hmm. They, that's it. The show finishes and the the night out finishes as well. Yeah. Well, in Resign, kind of when the show finishes, the fun starts. In a way that I mean like the evening, the night out starts, yeah, right? Well, so the, Saturday and all the rest. Yeah, so the show is like a little introduction into like Saturday night evening, Saturday night fun, yeah. right? Something like this. Oh yeah, because I know it's like for example last night, yeah, like you know, we were say, hey, so where where are some good bars or someplace where we can hang out now? I'm, you know, I'm not drinking on this tour, but you guys obviously can. And and it's they were just like oh yeah this chulan bar this old chulan and they all pretty much at the same place, but notice when I was outside having a cigarette next when they all walk out they all go in the opposite direction and they just go home it looked like they were all like on their apps like trying to call the taxis like and now we go home because why it's Sunday and I mean even though well technically it's Monday and all the rest but yeah but even though it's the next day they have well, we've got today off. Well, today is still like it's the first yeah. time we've been here ten times, and it's the first time. It's the long weekend, mm. so that's why today is still a holiday. So they could have stayed yesterday, yeah. but in general, but no. But no. But usually, it's uh, the day before, like the work day. It's like school night, right? Yeah. So that's why people would just disperse very quickly. Yeah. But okay, another thing that uh, I wanted to ask is: so as we mentioned in Varonish, it's organized by Nick. Who runs this kind of English events, uh, speaking clubs yeah, on a regular basis? Some, sort of yeah, stuff, yeah, yeah. So he has his own, let's say, community or target audience or whatever, like clients, uh, yeah. pupils, who they are. And then he also like runs some ads and targets some other people, etc. Yeah. In Resign, we have now there is a comedy club, a stand-up club, mm-hmm. uh, where they run shows in Russian and some other events as well. Uh, yeah. What do you think about the organization factor, the organizers? How much does that affect the show? Uh, I think it depends on the enthusiasm and things like we were discussing how I think for Nick, that's his like that community or that group thing. That's his, his thing, you know, and he's really involved in it and all the rest. So I think, and they all, I think some of them know each other already beforehand. So it's sort of like this group of people who come regularly and they know each other and they hang out anyway. So it's that sort of thing. So I think in that way you could feel the enthusiasm more from, from that sort of thing. While here in Rizan, I found it's um, it's a bit more clinical as in, okay, you know, you're here, here's your money, this is what we're doing, okay, cool, we'll set up the music. So even though the organization of music tables, an actual venue like that's preset for like doing comedy or with the stage and all that, in a way with Rizan that's better organized and all that sort of thing because, well, they just have the, the stuff for it, It's it seemed a bit clinical, like we don't remember that guy was not like chilling with us really at one point he was just sitting there on a couch just looking at his phone for ages and it was like oh, okay and then like he did everything right he set everything up he got, you guys are good great and then he just leave like to be fair to him he had to go to his other job so yeah. that's why like he couldn't really spend time with us and you know like hang out and so on mm-hmm. plus sadly he doesn't speak english very well yeah. so you know like there was no means of communicating with some of us that don't speak english but that's only uh, me i mean he could still chat and chill out with you guys yeah like. well true but i mean so you basically uh, what you're saying is kind of passion project versus yeah. business let's call exactly. it like that yeah yeah uh, well i mean this is something that you can see uh, even in Moscow, with mm. like now there is six comedy clubs in Moscow, yeah. and you can see which ones 
are you know run by passion and which ones are run by let's call it money yeah. like the, which ones are business and yeah. which ones are like yeah. run by comics for comics and for people to enjoy comedy yeah and this is something but i think here the the thing is and we discussed this a little bit before we started recording that when you go on a tour when you go to perform in a different city in a different place you basically leave yourself in the hands of the organizer yes so you kind of you when you don't have this full control of the show yeah uh, you don't know who will show up, how many people, how will it be yeah. promoted, how will it be, what would they even, what should people expect, how will the room look, how will the sound be, the lights be, and so on. But, I mean, on some tours that we went on, in some places, the organizer took full control. Yeah. Like, I remember, for example, in Croatia, when we went, we did two shows, I think, or maybe, I don't know how many, in a comedy club that sadly closed during the pandemic, oh. uh, Studio Smieha, which was the first and only actual comedy club in Croatia. And they knew how to run shows. They were doing a show every day. It was like a professional performance yeah. venue. So they took care of everything. I remember we showed up there maybe two hours before the show, and the sound technician, the DJ guy, he was like, do you guys have some intro songs that you want me to play for each of you? And we were like, no, we didn't know it was even an option. And he's like, do you want to? And we were like, yeah, we want to, but we only have two hours. We should prepare a bit. We don't have time now to like look for music and stuff. He's like, what do you mean? It's, it's my job. I'm the sound technician. Tell me the songs and the length. I will find the songs, cut out these intros and prepare like a list of just write on a piece of paper like Igor wants I don't know this song by Eminem yeah. I don't know Gleb wants this song by whoever, Beyonce Beyonce yeah, yeah obviously yeah. Um, so like this and he said I'll, I'll have it ready and I'll play it for you and he played every intro for every person and like there was a ticket person there was a hostess person and so on we didn't have to do any of this or worry about yeah. any of this because you see that the venue is professional and they know what they're doing like they have everything under control and you don't even you can just relax go to the green room prepare your set get yourself in the zone in some other places like the last tour we took around europe so it was mostly oleg oleg denisov who organized the tour mm. so he was the comedian on tour yeah. a host on tour tour manager and like venue and show manager yeah. so like many venues where we too many umbrellas <laughs> Yeah, many venues where we performed, it's kind of just a venue. They sometimes have stand-up or something, but it's just like a bar or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and he would actually take charge of like arranging the seating, checking the sound, the music, yeah. uh, even checking, like we were even checking tickets ourselves at the entrance, which was really good for us because you see people coming in, you mm. see who's a foreigner, who's not, who wants to speak to you. Who's it's a very good way of actually meeting people before you start a show and yeah. officially meet people, but it's still work and you can't really get in the zone of just, I'm a performer, I'll just have do my 20 and, and chill. Do a little you, yoga. You, yeah, yeah, you do all the other stuff as Kundalini, well. You know, so get there. Yeah. yeah. Bring the lube, yeah. uh, candles. Yeah. So yeah. All, all the stuff, like it, it depends on the organizer and how much, well, in some cases, how much control you want to take and how much control do you have to do to make the show happen. Mm -hmm. But I think, yeah, like when you go out, because in our club, it's now our club, but when we run our shows, even in different bars, you kind of, it is what you make it because it's yours, right? Yeah, but in these cases, you come and 
either you can influence or help or whatever, or it's the done deal and whatever is there, how, how well they promoted it, how well they set it up, how well the show is ran, mm. you depend on that, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and but the thing is, it's, it's then, yeah, you just kind of got to let go, you know, let it go. You just, yeah, you, you walk in, you just go, okay, it is what it is. And you just deal with whatever situation that you're in at that point. Uh, there's something, unless there's something completely wrong, like there is no microphone. And then you start going, right, well, who can you call to get a microphone, for example? You know what I mean? Like, or do I have to? Yeah, I mean, and, but some things are going to happen. <laughs> we had the Veronish, like the, the microphone started like failing towards uh, during my set at the end of it. Ah, well, that sort of thing happens, whatever. It's not a big deal at all. It just shit happens. But, you know, and everyone's trying to fix it at the time, you know, fiddling with it. But, it, you know, that's just the, the way it is. But, yeah, a lot of it is you have to, you know, it's trust. You just have to kind of trust that they know what they're doing. And all the rest. Yeah, it also I think depends on how important for that organizer that show is, and how yeah. you know if it's like, yeah, it's just another show in a row of three hundred shows we have. And what they usually organize. Week. Yeah, and what they usually organize, and how well they know their like yeah. audience and how to target them. Because doing English stuff in Moscow for six years now, this is the seventh year. We know how to find people mm. that want to come to this show. Like we find them and somehow target the ads to them or, you know, whatever. But in many of these places, since they don't have a regular English stand-up audience, mm. they don't know exactly where to find these people and who these people can be and so on. And yeah, using this experience, <laughs> yeah, using this experience from Moscow, when we go on tour, like even in a small Swedish city that has 90,000 people, for example, mm. we found 60 to come to our English stand-up on a Wednesday because with our, like, we had an idea, okay, who could it be? Foreign exchange students, great. English language teachers, great. Mm. Like, expats who live there, great. Mm. So we had an idea who might be our target audience. We targeted them with ads, with some, like, different groups on uh, Facebook, on Couchsurfing, and so on, that, that provide events for such people. And mm. we know, like, where to find them and how to find them. And I think, final question, because we actually returning to Moscow and we're finishing our little tour, so we are... We are. We have to make it uh, to the to the train station, and we need to buy a croissant. Yeah, we need to buy some breakfast as well because we are people and we do eat. So yeah, the, the last question I wanted to to discuss is the last point is what do you think about the audiences then? Because in Moscow, of course, we are used to our at this point, let's say maybe regular audience or at least like even people who come for the first time, they've definitely seen stand up on TV, on YouTube, been to maybe live show in Russian or something like this. Mm. So they're more familiar with the concept, with the oh, format, yeah. Yeah, with yeah. the, uh, with English, with us as performers. Like sometimes mm. they come to see one of us, like specifically mm. I came to see, I don't know, Abed uh, Ovaisi from Jordan, or I yeah. came to see Arun Huana from India, or I came to see David Munoz from Australia, right? Mm -hmm. Because they've seen us for six years and they know which one they like. Yeah. Here, we bring them who we who we bring them, right? Yeah. Let's start uh, with that. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, you have Arun and David this time. Uh, yeah, just deal with it. <laughs> just deal with it. Next time, maybe better luck next time. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and, and some people, as you mentioned in the beginning, have been coming, I think, from the first show mm. regularly. They kind of, every time, Every two, three months we come here and do the show, they come back and they yeah. bring more friends and they tell more people about us and so on. And some people are completely new for the first time and for the first time ever on stand up, for the first time ever on some live show in English mm. because 
definitely in these cities they don't have entertainment like regular entertainment in english yeah. mostly it's not just stand-up it's different parties uh ted talks speaking clubs this kind of stuff yeah. but in these cities of course not so what do you think about the audiences like difference between let's say our standard moscow audience mm -hmm. and then Voronezh audience and then resign audience oh okay so moscow audience well it's the usual thing you know it's the the group um all that sort of jazz like you were saying, you described them already, really. Um, the Veronese group, I think, I don't know, it's it's kind of strange because also it's not the regular thing. It's not, they don't always do this comedy stuff. You know, it's other stuff that they do as an English group. I think it makes a difference. So, for example, I remember at the end of the show in Veronese, I was outside chilling and someone was leaving these two guys. And I said, oh, thank you for coming to the show. Uh, and one of them turns around and she looked at me and she went, oh, oh thank you. And she did this like whinnying like a pony sort of thing, this pony whinny sort of thing. And she literally bounced and she vibrated her feet on the ground like little tappy things. And she kind of spun and then walked away like kind of shy and embarrassed. And I was like, okay, <laughs> like that that just happened. Um, so that was a bit of an awkward moment. So for them, she was very gleeful of the fact that we had come and just the fact that I'd said hello to her. She went, it was like, okay, yeah, that's, that's, I'm not that level, babe. Like, I'm sorry. Like, thank you so much, but I'm not like Jim Gaffigan or, you know, uh, friggin' Eddie Murphy or something like, you know, I'm not someone that you should be like that excited to meet, but they were. And I think that's part of it. I think Veronica's is, it's not the common thing because it's not what they usually do. So it is a bit of a treat in a way, you know, it's something different and we're the Moscow people like from the big city kind of performing there. With Razan, um, a bit more on the, not, not necessarily, because even in Verona's though, some of them were very dressed up, but some of them not. I don't know, it was a bit of a half-half. With Razan, I think they generally, because it's a club and stuff like that, they get dressed up. So, you know, people are wearing, like, their nicest attires. Uh, the girls show up in their fur coats and whatever and their tight leather jean pants with boots and heels. And the guys are, like, you know, uh, also wearing, like, a suit jacket or something. And, you know, they've got – obviously, they've just had a haircut or something. I don't know, but – Definitely for – I'm pretty sure all the guys uh, just went to have a haircut just before our show. Yeah. Because like, we don't want this – Assholes making fun of our hair. <laughs> we have barbers yeah. in resign. Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, so anyway, the the point is, uh, yeah. So I find that the crowd is a bit more appreciative in that regard. They're a bit more enthusiastic in that regard. But at the same time, um, yeah, no, no, that, that's what I'd go with. So they're very friendly, very, but they're also very shy. Sometimes. Yeah, I think like they're inexperienced stand up crowd. Mm. They're a bit timid. They're a bit shy. They're not that used to especially like when you try to talk to them and so on they're like why is what why is why is no no i mean even during the show like yeah. you know why is why am i a part of the show like tell me yeah. some jokes i don't want to you know because they don't understand this especially in a well-lit room in Varonish and so on but at the same time i think they're much more enthusiastic because it's something yeah. it's a novelty thing it's a yeah. night out as you mentioned yeah. uh, it's a way to see i wouldn't call us like performers from the big city or performers from around the world mm -hmm. like but i don't know it's maybe for us because in moscow it was a novelty thing and we talked about it when we talked about doing a scene like the first year, mm -hmm. year and a half of stand-up it was a novelty thing too that people were coming just to see a performer on stage speak english not mm -hmm. to laugh not to listen to very well yeah. very well written funny jokes but more to see a foreigner on stage you know hear native speakers 
speak English mm. and things like this. So, <laughs> Watch the monkeys in the zoo. Poke at them. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, through banana, they'll appreciate it. But not, not in a bad way, you know. Yeah. Not kind of like look at the freaks. <laughs> entertain me, clown. Yeah. Not in this way, but more in like kind of. Uh, this is not something I can see every day, and it's unusual and interesting for me. I want to go and see it. Yeah. Not necessarily because I'm a big fan and, and uh, I'm passionate about stand-up comedy. Mm-hmm. It's like I can have a night, fun night out, meet my friends, uh, meet some new people, mm-hmm. and see something I can see only once every two, three months, mm-hmm. right? And not, not if I don't want to travel to Moscow or to Berlin or to London or to New York to see it. Yeah, so yeah. I think it's a very, very nice night out i think we are slowly forming and developing an actual stand-up crowd because yeah. some people keep coming back for stand-up for jokes yeah. not just to hang out with us but to like have a night out laughing yeah, right yeah. for comedy and i think this is really good and that's why i'm really glad we're adding more cities around russia and hopefully mm. soon we will be able to go to more tours outside of russia like yeah. europe and maybe some other parts of the world uh and see all these factors and all these things, the audience, the venue, the organizer, and so on, mm. how is it ran and how will it affect the shows in different places? Okay, I have one last thing to ask you then. The myths about touring. Are there any myths that you would like to dispel that people seem to have to think when someone says, oh, I'm going to perform at two cities outside of Moscow this weekend? Yeah, I think when I tell people uh, this kind of stuff, or people usually see only the side of things that you show them. So mm-hmm. if I post some stories on Instagram or something like this, you know, uh, it seems like, oh, my God, they're doing this like uh cool shows with full rooms, etc., etc. Even these kind of smaller, they're not small cities, but for Russia, they're like yeah. small cities, but smaller places, especially when you go to Europe and you're like, okay, I did a show in Copenhagen, I did a show in Stockholm, I did a show in Berlin, I did a show in Vienna. People are like, wow, that's so amazing. You're like a traveling, traveling, touring comedian. Yeah. But what you don't see, because I don't post you know, on Instagram, a story of me sleeping in a, <laughs> like, you know, the cheapest uh, Polsky bus yeah. in, in, in Poland where you have no, like, leg space, where you have no air conditioning in the middle of summer yeah. and stuff like this. You don't post, like, the cheapest hostels you stay in where the shower head is broken, you can't take a shower, <laughs> where the, it's minus 20 and no one, uh, the, the guy doesn't let you in the flat and oh, stuff geez. like this. Seems very, very specific there, Eagle. So th- I think, like, of course it is very fun it is i'm 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 honored to have a chance to do this right as people yeah. want to buy tickets and come and see me again i'm not you know like eddie murphy i'm not yeah. chris rock i'm not louis ck i'm not like some kind of guy that has a yeah. bunch of tv shows specials youtube clips online but people yeah. still come and see me because they trust it will be a good night out and i, I yeah. think that it is a good night out yeah. i think we deliver yeah. every time uh, everywhere we go not just here in russia because it's a novel to think everywhere we mm. go i think we deliver but i think many people don't see the and they maybe shouldn't see this like behind the curtain life of a traveling comedian where it's just a lot of road a lot of uncomfortable accommodation sleeping. maybe uh, sleeping, sleeping in weird positions weird positions in like trade so you're saying buses. we should delete this part of the podcast because they shouldn't know about this like, no, I, like, keep it hidden they must I, not know the truth that we are mortals <laughs> no i think it actually adds value to it because it shows that we're not just it's not just a we job for human, us. You know. Yeah, no, but it's... I, we I, also I, eat and I shit. like to... Oh, well, I don't know about that, but... <laughs> yeah. 
I like to do these little weekend tours because yeah. it's not just about doing my 20 minutes on stage, right? It's not yeah. like a, I'm paid for this, so I'll come do this and leave. It's a trip. It's a trip yeah. with friends who are comics, comics who are friends. It's meeting new people. It's going out and hanging with these people after the show. It's yeah. seeing new places. It's discovering new things. And it's it's... I wouldn't do it just for those 20 minutes on stage. I do it because it's a whole experience. Yeah. And I think this part, like the traveling, the fun, the friendship and so on, it's because if we flew business class yeah. from Moscow to Voronezh, went by a limo to the venue, did our 20 minutes, went to a five-star hotel and then came from Quebec to Moscow, mm. that would be one thing. Like that's like, I'm, I'm now a professional comic. This is but how I earn. that's not reality. That's not at all what happens. I mean, it is reality to some people, like to some, you know, for us, like right? to, to professionals, to <laughs> yeah. that high A-listers, the highest level. Yeah. But for us, Jimmy Carr, that's the only way he tours. Yeah, well, <laughs> limos and five-star hotels. Why not? And yeah. this is like what I think Ricky Gervais was talking about on some interview and stuff. Like I want to, now I'm at this level when it's a job, but I want to have maximum comfort when I'm yeah. going city to city, staying somewhere. But for us, it's we get paid for it and whatever but it's also like an experience it's an adventure it's a trip with friends yeah. uh, and i think people don't s maybe see it or think about it but it's also very stressful it's exhausting to yeah. be like day, to day, uh, day by day traveling everywhere like staying in places you don't know what to expect there uh, mm. i don't know like uh, this kind of stuff and in the end I'm, every time there is a chance to go again, I'm like, sure, I mean, let's go again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so should we wrap it up then? Yeah, we will be late for the train if we All don't. Right. So thank you so much for listening to our special edition of the Comedy Kiosk on the road. Yes, and where we, will be sleep where we are sleeping in uncomfortable positions. Yes. All right, so see you later and have a great time. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>